Greetings, and welcome to another podcast episode of Resumes and Interviews. And I am your podcast host, Nicolette Hemingway, the interviewologist career coach. And I help professionals like you develop the skills to interview with confidence and competence. I will also help you develop that resume where you will stand out from the other candidates. If you are transitioning careers, seeking employment, seeking a promotion, or changing industries, then I am the interview coach for you. Today, I want to welcome our special guest, Kendra Little, also known as Autism Mom Extraordinaire. And we will be talking about interviewing tips for parents with children on the autism spectrum. Kendra, welcome to Resumes and Interviews. Thank you, Nicolette. Thank you so much. Thank you for this opportunity for empowerment and um, knowledge and skill set and questioning the questions that moms like myself with twin daughters that are on the autism spectrum should ask other professionals or people that come in contact with our children. Thank you, thank you, thank you for this grand opportunity. I am excited. I am so excited. Thank you again. I help moms with children that are on the autism spectrum to create a life with a little less worry and frustration. I do this because I have twin daughters that are on the autism spectrum whom are living extraordinary lives. I also have training programs. I also have consultations and things of that sort to add to a mom and parents or caregivers or even educators to learn about our families behind the scenes. So thank you, Nicolette. You're so welcome, Kendra. And we will put your information in the description of the podcast episode. That way, if any parents want to get in touch with you, they'll be able to do so. And I'll give you opportunity to the end to also give out your information as well. So mm -hmm. let's get started. Give me a little background in terms of your journey to becoming autism mom extraordinaire. Well, let's say that we're going to do the short version. The short version is that my children um, weren't developing on the scale of other children. And this awesome preschool teacher looked me dead in the eye and told me that one of my girls weren't learning at the same pace as her peers. With that being said, I immediately took action and had them tested. And when I had them tested, the test came back that they were on the autism spectrum. Now that's a whole nother story by itself um, with getting the results back. But that's a little bit of my journey of becoming autism mom extraordinaire. I went to work, Nicolette. I wanted to make sure that my children would have a life of happiness, a life of equality, a life of thriving, a life 
worth having and not all of the stigmas or the naysayers of what autism is and what it is not. So I made sure that my children were equipped through different strategies, through tests and trials, through a lot of tears, through a lot of prayer. And when I started receiving a lot of attaboys in quotation marks, how my girls were thriving and excelling in different areas and how people wanted to help them in their quest. I said, I can't keep all this to myself. I want other moms and other families to live the life that God has given us and we also deserve, even with the challenges that come with autism. Great. And people who are listening to the podcast episode, they may be like, well, autism, what does this have to do with resumes and interviews? Well, I'm going to tell you, as a parent, whether your child is on the autism spectrum or not, you want to interview stakeholders that are part of your children's lives so that you can make sure that they are equipped or they are aware of how your child needs to be helped so they can thrive, not only in the school environment, but in other areas of their lives. So we are talking about interviews. And so Autism Mom Extraordinaire is going to give us some tips about interviewing different stakeholders. So for instance, Autism Mom, what things should parents have in place well, we won't even talk about that yet. What questions should parents ask, say, at the school to administrators, teachers, those other staff members? Such a great question, Nicolette. Wow, we could we would we could just stay on that topic all day. Moms, we have to come prepared. We have to have a notebook. We have to have a journal. We have to have our state rights. We have to have talked with someone that may have already done this journey or been at the school system. I recommend not doing it alone. Bring someone with you because it can be overwhelming. There is a lot of acronyms that take place. There's a lot of people that you're going to be introduced to that you may not have uh, known that would be at the meeting. It's just a lot to take in your very first IEP meeting if you've never had to be in the IEP setting. So one question you would want to ask is, how familiar is the staff with autism? What training do the teachers have that's helping your child? Is it continued training or is it one and done? What accommodation can your child have in the classroom? 
what social interactions, a lot of times we think of school just for the academics. But school, the school setting is not just for the academics, even though that's the majority part of it. That's the huge part of it. But it's also for social skills. It's also for advocacy. It's also for speech. If your child has a speech impediment or nonverbal, it's also for other professionals that can come in and help equip your child. It's also the lunch menu. It's the entire person of your child. So academics is a main part of it, but we want to have the questions and have the right professionals for our children, for our entire child. And not to mention when they're in high school, we have to have a transition plan. What's the plan from high school to college maybe? What's the transition plan if your child doesn't go to college? Will you allow your child to stay in school to 21? Our children that have IEPs that, um, that's on the autism spectrum or any other special needs, they can stay in school up until they're 21. So we have to ask all of the pertinent questions. We have to be studied. We have to have our notebooks. And preferably, we have to have someone that come in the meeting as well. Record the meeting. Ask questions about the speech therapist. What is the best way your child communicate? Does your child need a device? Does your child need a hearing aid? Does your child need to sit at the front of the classroom? Does your child need to be set, pulled out of the classroom? because he or she may get distracted or there's a lot of sensory. Sensory is smell, is touch, is sound, is taste. Sometimes the classroom can just be too loud and your child may not be able to concentrate or be them full self. So do they provide headphones or noise counseling headphones for your child? For an example, one of my uh, daughters had an auditory, has an auditory processing um, condition. So she was going to an auditory specialist and the auditory specialist sent recommendations to the school. And sending the re recommendations to the school, the school uh, abided by those recommendations. And it helped her be her full self. Now, are there still were there still some challenges? Yeah, but they're less. We try to minimize and modify and or make sure our children have the right accommodations and the school system can provide them. Another example is when we go to the IEP meetings or have been to the IEP meetings. I asked for my children to go to school earlier than the rest of the children, being that they need to be more familiarized with what classes, what the teachers are, the building, the even the schedule. They need to know their schedule earlier than most children. And these are the things and the sort of questions we need to ask 
the school staff, the administration, the special education, um, the directors. Also, what's the school safety plan? We all know that our schools aren't safe. They aren't safe. So we need to know what's the safety plan that the school have in place if the school is locked down. Where do our children go? What section of the school does our children go to? Who gets the call? Is it an immediate text message? When can we call the school? There's so many questions, as you have said, interviewologists, that we need to interview these teachers, our teachers in our school system, not in at the way of adversary, but as a team. Ask these questions as a team member. You are part of the IEP team, Mom. So being a team, we all work together. But working together takes making sure you're fully prepared. Wow, that was a lot. One thing that stuck in my mind, I didn't even think about, you know, cafeteria in terms of food. Mm -hmm noise canceling, headphones. And so it's a lot that goes into place to make sure your child has the best chance of thriving in school. And you're right, you do have to interview those administrators, those teachers, other staff members to see what they have in place to be able to adequately teach children who are on the autism spectrum. So parents that are listening, definitely pay attention. And it, it's great. I was going to ask you that question, but you answered it like, do you, are you able to record that meeting that you have? And it's also a good uh, suggestion that you gave about bringing someone else there with you, because you may hear it one way and then that other person hears it another way. And also it can help you in terms of maybe questions you haven't thought of that that other person can ask as well. And you're so right. It is a team effort. You, the parent, the administrators, the teachers, the other staff, because teamwork makes the dream work. You don't want to go in there with a combative spirit. You want to go in there with a okay, let's work together so we can make sure our child or children are thriving in school. And that was such a great suggestion about them going in earlier than the regular students to know their classes, know their schedule, know where everything is. So that was really a great explanation for parents. So I'm going to ask you, what questions should parents ask in terms of the doctor's office. If you're just learning your child is on the autism spectrum, what questions? And then are there referrals out to specialists? So back to you, autism mom extraordinaire. <laughs> thank you, Nicolette. And thank you for that re recap. That was wonderful. I'm going to touch on the special diet in the cafeteria. Just a little also, moms, know that if your child has a special diet, it can be given to the school staff. I'm not talking about what I heard. This is something that I did. My children had a special diet. It came from the doctor. 
and from the doctor, it went to the school and the school accommodated the special diet. Also, remember that if we're asking for five different things at the school system and they give us three, that's a win. You may not get all five, but if you got three out of five, that's still a win. We'll work on the other two. We'll work on the other two. So yes, for our doctors, Nicolette, with the doctors, we all know there's their language is a little different, not a little different. It's a lot different than how we speak. The first thing I would want you to know is to make sure you ask the doctors to speak in plain language. Speak in the language that you can understand. Do not listen to all of those medical terms and those medical words and not have an understanding and leave the doctor's office confused, upset, and sad because you don't know what to do. There should be a person that knows about autism. And sometimes knowing about autism, it may not be your primary doctor. In fact, it probably isn't your primary doctor. You have to have a specialist in the sense of a developmental pediatrician, right? A person that sees autism a lot, studies autism a lot, loves children that are on the autism spectrum, have a heart for them, want to see our children thrive. Never ever be in a doctor's office where the doctor or the nurse or whomever is not speaking life to your situation. Now, we can have the facts all day. Of course we can. We need those facts. But along with the facts, we have to have faith. And so make sure you're speaking to a doctor or pediatrician or therapist and even the ophthalmologist that have a heart for your child and your family and where you want to go. Let the doctors know that you have a vision for your child. What's the family vision? What's the vision? You may see my child at this stage, but next year I want my child to be able to recite their ABCs or add or subtract or what have you. So let the doctors know where you want to go. Also, understand the autism diagnosis. There's three levels. Now, this has changed over the time, according to CDC. There's level one, two, and three. Now, there used to be different um, levels of autism, but I'm glad they simplified it. I'm glad someone realized that this needs to be much more simpler because it was already challenging enough, right, Nicolette? Yes, yes. It's level one, level two, level three. Level one, needing a little support level two you got it a little more su uh, support a level three person that's on the autism uh, spectrum need a lot of support okay so know where your child is on the spectrum and even in that they could be a level one they could be a level two and they could be a level three all combined in one person right all combined in one person so make sure you know all you need to know about the diagnosis, 
know about uh, the medical conditions and health concerns. Know if there needs dietary and supplemental uh, needs or challenges. These are the things you have to ask for. Sometimes, unfortunately, in our healthcare system, if we don't ask, they don't tell. So these are the questions you need to be asking your pediatrician, your developmental pediatrician. I recommend a specialized person, a, a specialized medical professional. And the behavior development, now that's a whole nother therapist. That's a whole nother doctor. So there's multifaceted things that have to come into play, but the start is your primary doctor. And from your primary doctor, you get um, referrals to a pediatrician, a developmental pediatrician, a, a behavioral therapist, a maybe a psychiatrist, a, a psychologist. All of these doctors work in tandem to help you and your child uh, be who God has called us to be. And you can ask about medication. You can ask about sleep issues, communication skills, um, even in the educational, you can ask for the educational support. See, a lot of times people don't understand the school system. You have to have a lot of doctor documentation from the doctor to support what you need in the school system. So all of this works hand in hand, even future planning, even um, emergency situations. Um, what should we do in the case of uh, a behavioral medical emergency? Those are questions that you should ask your uh, physician what you should do. Of course, we all know if anything um, um, very serious, you always call 911. But we always have to understand that our children see the world differently. So there may be something else that we may need to do before we have to call 911 or things of that sort. But these are the questions to ask our doctors, even the future planning, going into um, asking for financial assistance or healthcare assistance, health insurance, co-pays, um, ABA therapy, who pays for this? Uh, how many services do I get with this? Do I have to pay out of pocket? All of those questions are needed and we have to be prepared and we have to be emotionally equipped, Michaelette, to handle what the doctors are saying to us. And then again, we need to have somebody by our side. And as you have said before, somebody can watch our blind side. If we miss a question or if we didn't hear it correctly, um, even if you need to record it so that you can go back and listen to it so that you can be prepared to have the thriving life that you and your child deserve. With that being said, all of these things I've done, I'm not talking in theory, I'm talking in real life. I supplement my daughters, I've used doTERRA oils, I had to wait an entire year to find a pediatrician that would accept our insurance. But I prayed and God answered my prayer. 
and they still go to the same pediatrician to this day. And when I call them or if I put anything in the portal, it's little to no questions asked because we have the relationship. And I would want that for other moms as well. Wow, Kendra, that was a great answer in terms of what to ask medical providers, medical staff. I didn't even know there was such thing as a developmental pediatrician. You know, when you look up pediatrician, it just says pediatrician and they'll give the age ranges, but a developmental, wow, that's totally different. And then you also said something that touched me where you said you wouldn't want a doctor not speaking life into your children mm -hmm. and that they needed to have a heart for your child and the family. So I think that is so appropriate because, again, this is a partnership. Why would you partner up with someone who doesn't have your child's best interests at heart or your family as a whole? So that was really great. And I also took note that you said you have to ask about, you know, dietary and supplements, you know, are those needed for your child? And I definitely didn't even think about the financial or the healthcare aspect of it. You may need assistance because if your children are going to a lot of specialists, that's a lot of money. Those co-pays can add up, especially if they're going to see a specialist every week, like a behavioral specialist, you know, therapist or a psychologist. Those can add up. Those co-pays are no joke. And then for you, Kendra, you have that times two. So it could be quite expensive. And so again, you know, we're talking about interviewing tips for parents with children on the autism spectrum with our guest, Kendra Little, also known as Autism Mom Extraordinaire. Parents definitely take heed to the great tips that she's giving you because this is real life. And we talk about real life issues on this podcast. She's helping you be prepared. She's helping you to get more information if you're just entering into this arena. So take note and definitely reach out to her if you have additional questions, if you need some coaching, because having a child that has special needs is quite challenging. And you want to make sure that you are grounded and you're prepared to meet these type of challenges. Just being a parent in itself is challenging. No, we do not get a parent handbook, you know, as soon as the babies are placed in our arms. This is something that we have to develop over time. So definitely reach out to Kendra Little if you have questions about your child who may be on the autism spectrum. Another question I want to ask you is what things should parents have in place at the school, at the doctor's office, any activities or aftercare? I know I'm throwing a bunch at you at one time, but what type of things should be in place in these different environments for your child that's on the autism spectrum? Most definitely make sure you have the next of kin and the contact information at the school, anywhere that you go. 
even if you're going to a place out in the community, like sometimes you have the YMCA, sometimes you have Boys and Girls Club, of course, at the school, and of course, the doctor's office always have the list of uh, next of kin. And sometimes we kind of skim over it or don't send it back or whatever. But for our children, we most definitely need to have a um, an order of what to do next. If this happens, then this happens. So at the school system, make sure you have people that's going to be reliable, that's going to be able to go at the drop of a dime if your children or if your child needs uh, to be um, taken from school or something happens at school, unfortunately, that you may not can be there, that list, that um, that information sheet or intake sheet needs to be full, filled out. And if anything changes, your cell phone, your address, or what have you, make sure you keep it updated um, as far as our children do's and don't like what triggers them, what, um, of course, their foods to eat. And as far as our kids' behavior, a lot of things or something can trigger our children. For instance, this year, one of my girls, well, both of my girls, they do not like birds for whatever reason. We haven't overcame that yet, but it's going to happen. With that being said, um, one of the twins first semester is PE. I made sure I went to the teacher the, before we even did the regular um uh, day in the school. What's the first day of school? You know, open house. Day. Yeah, open house. Thank no. you, Michael. <laughs> it's course, been a we while. Go <laughs> we go before. So I wanted them to know hey, if she's outside, because PE is outside sometimes, they walk around the track, they do some outdoor activities. I do not want her not to participate because that's social skills, that's physical therapy, that's a lot of different. Um, um, tools working together or uh, um, things that's going to help her be more um, physically abled and able to speak and talk and have, you know, interactions with her peers. But I also know that if a bird comes, she's going to take off. Okay. So I don't want her running and falling. I don't want her running into someone. I don't want her to um, kids to you know, sometimes kids can be mean and don't understand. I don't want her being picked at or uh, laughed upon or anything like that. So I make sure that certain triggers that such as birds um, that the kid that the, the school system knows. So that goes across the board. If you go into the YMCA, if you go into church, sometimes we, when we take our children to church and if they have uh, separate uh, services for our children, Make sure you're talking to the person that's in charge or several people that's in charge. Make sure you're known. Make sure the school system, wherever you go, make sure that people know who you are, who your children, um, who they are, and what accommodations, if any, or if there are any triggering behaviors, they need to know about them so that we can hold everybody accountable and responsible 
and we can work together as a team to make sure whatever the outing is, make sure that our children are being um, taken care at the best, the best that we can. Now, we're human. Sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes things do not go the way we plan. I give you a quick example. My my sister, my good old sweet sister, we went down to I think it was Pensacola, Florida, or somewhere. We went down to the beach. I know that the girls can't go to the beach until all the situations are right, until the the entire environment is right. But my sister and my nieces and everybody, oh no, they with us, they with us, you know, they with us, they with us. And <laughs> disaster. <Yeah. laughs> it did not go the way they planned, and they was kind of like, really? I said, I told y'all. <laughs> I told y'all. So, because whatever it triggers is a real trigger, it's really real for them. Where for us, it's like, oh, you know, it doesn't, it, it's just different, right? And I'll just give you uh, from what I know. Is that well? We may see birds up in the sky. They may see them closer. Okay. Their visual, their hearing is super uh, hyper. So the the bird squawking and talking and or even being up in the tree or in the sky, it seems distant to us. But to them, it could very well be a real life uh, virtual experience. Like they're really engulfed oh, okay. with it. So. Those are the things we have to make sure we're uh, letting people know and have things at the school, at the doctor's office, dentist's office, wherever we are, know what triggers our children. So, yeah, I think a, a, a assessment form or a next of kin form, whatever forms, make sure we fill those out. And um, I've always told people to write a letter to the school, write a letter to wherever your child is going to be at a lot. Write a letter and let them know, hey, these are the things that build my child. These are the things that we have to make accommodations for. And these are the things that we are working on. Oh, wow. Again, it's a lot of information. I thank you so much, Kendra, because these are questions that parents or caregivers need to ask in order for their child or children to get the assistance that they need to be able to not only survive, but to thrive in the different environments. And it is also a team effort. And I took note when you were talking about make sure, you know, next of kin and additional contacts are on the child's, you know, contacts, you know, who do we contact? And make sure that information is updated and correct yeah. and make sure that they have a list of your children's do's and don'ts and triggers. That is very important because something may go on that, say, a activities director think is normal, but for mm -hmm. your child, it could be a trigger and it could be, you know, a big meltdown. Okay. And so you want to make sure that they know what to do, what not to do in the trigger so that your child will have a good experience if they're participating in activities or if they go on a field trip. And then you also talked about having a assessment form filled out. And I like where you talked about 
write a letter to the place where your child will be at. If there's something they go to often, make sure you have a letter to that organization, that school, to let them know, hey, this is my child. She's loving. She's great. But these are some of the things that you have to have in place in order for her or him to have a good experience. So these are definitely wonderful tips. And I truly thank you and appreciate your time for being on here. Any last thoughts or words? Thank you, Nicolette, so much. This has been a wonderful interview. That's why you're called the interviewologist. I love it. Yes. You are such the professional. I love it. I love it. I love it. So yes, Nicolette, I just want to encourage our mom. I know the tears that you cry. I still cry them. I know some of the worries that you have. I still have some worries. I know how stressed it can be. I don't stress as much as I used to, but now, but I do have the memory. I know how sometimes family members, relationships, marriages, school systems, siblings, money, when the money ain't money, the gas ain't gassing. Mm -hmm. Mom, I know. Been there, done that, have the t-shirt. But I also know that there's a God that sits high and looks low and knows all of your hurt and your pain. I get emotional. Because I can remember and I can touch back in those feelings. God will not fail you, mom. Stay prayed up. Make sure you're taking time for yourself. Make sure you're learning everything. Keep your hopes and your dreams and your visions alive for your children and for your families. Know that this too shall pass. And know that God doesn't put anything on us that we do not have a way of escape. And the way of escape is through him, through Jesus Christ. With that being said, moms of autistic children, special needs children, parents, caregivers, educators, Let's work together. Let's make sure we are thriving and building up our community, showing grace, showing mercy, making sure our children, that they are included. Family members, invite your cousins to the birthday party. Family members, ask questions. Make sure when you're taking the family photo, you have your, your cousins and your grandkids that are on the autism spectrum. Make sure they're in the family photo as well. Mom, you're doing a great job. And 
let's do this together. Thank you, Nicolette. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kendra Little, for being a guest today. She's also known as the Autism Mom Extraordinaire. If you want to, Kendra, you can go ahead and tell them how they can contact you. And I'll also put it in the description of the podcast as well. Thank you for this opportunity again, Nicolette. Yes, you can reach me. I'm Autism Mom Extraordinaire on all the socials. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. And I do have a LinkedIn page as well. So you can DM me. You can email me at Kendra at autism-mom.co. And Nicolette said she's going to put all my information in the podcast information box. Reach out to me if you just want to have a chat, just to talk. Let's do that. We speak the same language and we understand the different challenges that our family, that we go through together. And there's no need to do this alone. There's no need to do it alone anymore. Have someone on your team, by your side, guiding you, helping you, or just listening to you. And again, that's Kendra, Autism Mom Extraordinaire. And my email address is Kendra at autism-mom.co, not .com. They wanted me to pay a little extra money for it, and I wouldn't. So it's .co. So thank you again, Nicolette. I truly, truly thank you from the bottom of my heart for having me today and being able to reach our community, the autism community. Thank you, Nicolette. You're so welcome, Kendra. And again, thank you all for listening to another podcast episode of Resumes and Interviews. And I'm your podcast host, Nicolette Hemingway, the Interviewologist Career Coach. We'll see you in another episode.